Hi, and welcome to the New Dawn podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lusht. For those of you who are new to this podcast, I'm a relationship coach and I specialize in creating healthy connections, intimacy and love, focusing first and foremost on the most important relationship you'll ever have, which is the one between you and you. My role is to create clarity, increase awareness and foster a deep connection of love, understanding and safety for yourself and then with those that you love. And in this week's episode, I'm interviewing my boyfriend Ben about a couple of situations we found ourselves in at the weekend and I wanted to share it with you. This episode goes out to you if you've ever made an assumption about somebody else, not fact-checked the situation and then acted on it as if it was true, which as you can probably tell was the theme of the weekend. Also, on Saturday the 4th of March, Ben and I are running our couples communication workshop from 10 till 4 in Colchester. It's a small group so that it feels safe and supported and you will leave feeling so much more understood and connected to your partner. We only have three spaces, three couples spaces, and it's £99 per couple. So if you're interested and you feel like it's the right time for you, send me a message to book your spot. And now for the conversation. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? All the better for seeing you. Kind of. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, you're in the dark, aren't you? Yeah. Just for the. sort of see a little bit of lit side face. For context, for those of you listening, uh, Ben and I are recording this over Zoom, uh, and um, I'm currently. Uh, snuggled up next to my son because uh, he had a nightmare the other night and wants me to just sit with him whilst he falls asleep and you are in your house yes yes um so the topic of today's conversation is as a result of something that happened when we were together this weekend wasn't it yes which was about uh the role and the destruction, <laughs> maybe, um, that assumptions and expectations play in communication. And we have a little story to share, don't we, um, about what happened and how we navigated it. And was it any good? The, the outcome was all right, wasn't it? What the story? Which one? We've got so many stories. Actually, that's Is true. It, are we just talking about the weekend one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? We There were a couple of instances over the weekend where um, I, it was me that, well, we'd both made assumptions, hadn't we? But I, I, yeah. Was, yeah. I was the one who was emotionally affected by it, whereas um, it was through our conversation. Anyway, let's not be cryptic. So, so let's explain what happened. What what happened was we both went to together as well. We both went together, not apart, but together to a karaoke evening. Um, now for me, karaoke used to be one of the absolute most horrifically scary things I could possibly do. Um, standing up in front of people, um, being centre of tension. You know, whether it's on stage or just standing there next to a DJ with a microphone or, or whatever, anything like that, even doing a best man's speech, it, it's horrifically frightening, it used to be. Um, I've kind of got to the stage now where it's not so bad and I don't really care whether people like it or not, I'm just doing it for fun. Um, and I assume, because Dawn is, this is my assumption here, I assumed that Dawn had done it before. I hadn't realised that she'd never done it before. And that even if she had never done it before, I'd still assume because of the way Dawn is, um, that she'd be fine with it. She's outgoing. You know, she didn't mind standing up in front of people and talking to them. She'd love to do a TED talk. <laughs> um, so I just kind of assumed, well, this will be all taking a stride and she'll be fine and it's all good. Um, anyway, it turned out that my assumption was completely wrong. 
<laughs> she came back, looked like she was about to cry. Her eyes looked like deer's, a deer caught in a headlight sort of eye. And I thought, my God, she could have been taking some kind of, um, 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 or what kind of drugs really open your eyes up? Ecstasy, speed. Yeah, so, some kind of upper, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of weird, I suppose, in a way, when I think about it, because it's just completely unexpected. Um, from my point of view, I thought you were unbeatable in the face of adversity. You say that like it's a joke, but there I'm is not a saying it that... like it's a joke. Uh, I but genuinely you believe think, that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's nothing that you've done so far where I don't think you'd be okay in front of people doing stuff. That's yeah. why it was really surprising that you're actually as scared as you were and um, you know, reacted the way you did to the whole mm. situation. I think there's a common misconception for for somebody like me who seems outgoing, but actually I guess you would say that I'm a uh extroverted introverted, introverted think, extrovert yes or the other way i never remember which way around it is but the one where actually i'd quite i'm more happy being um not the center of attention and not standing up and not the being the one who speaks and yet i can do all of that stuff but only because i've you know i spent years and years working in london in uh, training and development and we had to learn those skills um, I was videoed and I had to watch back my video to talk about uh, to really refine my um, speech and my confidence my posture how I talked how I presented as I was really um, what's the word when uh, when so- when you look at something in minute detail uh, to scrutinize yes yeah, scrutinized um and but i've you know i've really felt so deeply uncomfortable with attracting any sort of attention from as far back as i think 12 or 13 when i started to get badly bullied at school and from before that i think i was just an outgoing person and yet um after the experience of being bullied, I shied away from any sort of uh, attention. So I can understand that, you know, these are the, um, the assumptions that you had about me. And yet, <laughs> for the two days before we went to karaoke, you were saying to me, um, I was already thinking in my head, like preparing myself for two days before doing it. And then we got to the place and we were, you and I were playing pool together and I was already um, almost mute. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed, because I think you were looking at other people and doing other things and kind of your attention was in a million places. Um, But I'd already gone inward. And I was already preparing myself for, I don't know when I was going to do it, but I was actually terrified. Is that why you were so good at pool? No, that's just because I'm, I am just good at pool. (laughs) Misspent youth, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and lucky. And um, so when it, when I got up there, I was sweating. Uh, and shaking and nervous and I could feel my whole body had massive amounts of adrenaline pumping through it and um, I just was focusing on my breathing and focusing on being calm and I just I tried to block everyone else out even just thinking about it now my legs are getting tight (laughs) (laughs) I can can feel the nerves still in my legs from the thought of we you know going back into that place and doing the thing again Um, And so when it finished and I came back to the table, I had an expectation that you were going to be there, arms wide open, going, 
oh my god that was so good or oh well done you did your best or whatever but that you were there welcoming me back after my traumatic experience uh, and one of the most intensely um challenging things I'd I'd put myself into in a really really long time and I was expecting you to be there and when I got back to the table you turned around and were talking to the rest of the table and I felt so ignored (laughs) so ignored that I was on the verge of crying so not only did I have the adrenaline and all this uh, emotion from there then seeing you turn around and I had all this expectation that I did not communicate with you at all about what I wanted and how I wanted it to be and you know uh, that I made up this massive story in my head that you basically didn't care about me (laughs) that's terrible (laughs) it's awful isn't it Um, and all of that put together I I made a whole load of assumptions about how you felt about me what you thought about me um, uh, our relationship even because of all of this adrenaline that was going on and so I I took myself off didn't I yeah and uh, myself off for a little cry (laughs) and a fag (laughs) Ben there was no smoking involved (laughs) but the crying is true that (laughs) um and then you came to find me yeah after about two or three hours of you missing I thought I best go see if she's all right Oh my goodness! Went went toilet first though. That ben. Was what? Oh, sorry. Am I supposed to be sounding like? <laughs> no, I came out to see you, and uh, I did go toilet though as well. But you, know. <laughs> you want to be factual yeah. in our recounting of the story? Well, we've got to be factual. You know. So we're talking real here, aren't we? Real people. <laughs> with real needs, real bodily function. <laughs> so so the, this, I, I completely get your feelings and how you went through it all and how you were feeling and all that, because I had that, I used to have that very much. And if I knew, um, so the person I've done karaoke with before has been Jane. Your best mate. Yeah, my best my best friend, Jane. Um, and he'd always say, Oh, we're gonna go and do karaoke like weeks or days or whatever before we go and do it. And I was the same way. I'd try and stay calm, but the thought of it scared the absolute living bejesus out of me. And then a few days up to it, I'd be getting, no, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, no, no. And then I'd get there and I'd have to down. I think the first time I did karaoke ever, I downed two pints as quickly as I could <laughs> just to try and, you know, and, and then I stood there whacking my head on the microphone because <laughs> I didn't know how to hold the microphone, so it made a noise and stuff. It, it was it was hilarious. I got told off by the DJ and everything. Um, but, yeah. I, I bet I mean, that was really awkward to watch you do that as well. <laughs> you know, and this... It was literally the first time where, well, maybe the second time um, where I've not felt too bad about doing it. Uh, Mm. I mean, this was probably the first time where I I didn't feel nervous or anything. I thought, I'm just going to do it. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. If I cock up, I cock up. Mm. Um, And I just took all the um, need to be good or be successful or be perfect. I just took it all out thought right it's just going to be whatever it is who cares there's going to be worse people Um, it it actually turned out I was the best person there which was awesome (laughs) I think the 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 point is out of all of this though isn't so much whether somebody's better or worse is it it's just our own feelings about it and then how we make assumptions about people um especially in our relationships uh and i remember on our as we were walking home you and i having this 
really great conversation. Uh, so I was so triggered. I was really still upset as we were walking home because I, I was, I desperately wanted, and I had this expectation of you to be a certain way and to be a certain way around me. And when that didn't happen, I was, I was genuinely upset as well as everything else that had happened uh, with the singing and that. And I just remember on the way home feeling so triggered. And yet I knew that what I had done is just made a whole list of assumptions and had a whole heap of expectations that I hadn't even spoken to you about before we went into that situation. Mm. There was no part of me that went, I need to have a conversation with Ben about this before we go into because it's going to be a high uh, stress situation or it's going to be an event thing. And, you know, you and I are still getting to know each other and to, to know how each other wants or likes to be supported. Um, but I didn't communicate any no, you, of that. You didn't say that you were scared about it or nope. every, any indication at all. No. So it was really... <laughs> It was impossible for me to see. Yeah. Um, but I just expected that you knew what I would need. Or I also. That, that kind of goes to what I was saying earlier when we were speaking around lunchtime. Um, and I was saying that essentially we, we kind of live our lives through our own experiences and our own feelings. And it's very easy to get stuck in those feelings and project them onto other people and just assume that everybody thinks, feels, perceives everything the same way you do. Um, or a way you've experienced other people to do. So, you know, you might see things on telly. Ah, maybe that someone will react like that. That's how real life is or... Um, but unless we actually talk about how we're feeling, communicate those things across to whoever, then you, you can't expect people to react in the way you want people to react. And you can't expect on the other side of it, we're not psychic. As, I know there's people who like to think they're psychic, <laughs> um, but we're not. <laughs> Well, you and I certainly are not, are we? Yeah. And you, you that... can't read other people's thoughts. And anyone who mm. says they can, they are just really good at cold reading, warm <laughs> reading, internet searching. Like <laughs> Let's not go down that road uh, in this. A dark, slippery path. <laughs> but um, it's something that it is a practice that you and I are, are really using a lot, isn't it? This clarification of assumptions and expectations and I found that over the course of the weekend in fact we do that all the time don't we um, especially me I think I have a tendency to make up stories about your behavior uh, way more than you do the other way around as a general rule don't don't I yes and and so I'm often saying to you so the story I've made, and this is a Brené Brown thing that I've said to you before, the story I'm making up about this situation is, and before I, I invest loads of time and energy and uh, resentment and bitterness and all of this stuff that I'm going to pack into this experience, I'm just going to check if I've got it right before I do all of that. And nine and three quarter times out of ten, I'm wrong. <laughs> I was going to say 11 times out of 10. But, you know. but it, you know, and that's an embarrassing thing to say for somebody who spends a lot of time um, connecting with people and spending time at, uh, trying to understand people and working with people. For me to completely get it wrong with you um, is interesting, right? Hmm. But this is the thing, when you're in a state of, not you, and when I say you, I mean when anybody is in a heightened state of emotion, 
it's very easy to get those sort of things, you know, and just communicate like that. It's really difficult to mm. do just purely because you want to be safe. You want to be, um, you're in fight, flight, freeze. It's like self-preservation, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. So you're going to do one of those four things, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, um, until you calm down enough to be able to talk. So it's okay to sort of take yourself away, but I think there has to be an awareness there in mm. people that what they think is true isn't necessarily true. And what other people tell them is true is, is true might not necessarily be true because we're all fallible. We're, we can all make mistakes. We can all assume things, project things. Um, and it's not that someone might be purposefully lying about something or purposefully avoiding things, or missing things. They might just not understand something. And, you know, you can say that ignorance isn't a good excuse, but you've got to at least give people a chance to understand Mm. And when for you and I, like you're you're in terms of attachment styles, yours is you have a a tendency to be towards the avoidant, and I have a tendency towards being uh, anxious attachment. And so, even just understanding that means that there are going to be I'm going to be making assumptions about you um, taking time for yourself or going inward or whatever that aren't accurate like I could totally make up a whole story about that just like you could make up a story about me I don't know I think it works more around the other way I think anxious people tend to make up stories more than avoidance because avoidance are avoiding it so they're not making up anything <laughs> they're just yeah. like I'm I'm, gonna, I'm taking myself away right now and I need to go and do that but what, what avoidance do is we just plan we plan escape routes <laughs> <laughs> We're great to take into a, a situation of danger. It just takes us in there. We're looking at, right, where's the escape routes? Uh, where's the best place to sit to get out of here quick? <laughs> what kind of excuses do I need? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true though, right? It is. And what's interesting though is you and I have an under- uh, have an agreement that no matter what we're doing and no matter where we're going in terms of our relationship, our primary focus is um, connection, you know, and that, that, might, that might be more led by me and maybe that's an anxious attachment th- uh, focus. I don't know. But even in those moments where I'm making assumptions and I've made up a story and you've made an assumption and you're making up a story, we're still the common ground is how do we understand each other and how do we connect to each other isn't it it has to be yeah there there has to be that space to be able to talk about anything that comes up because if you haven't got that space or time or energy whatever else then you where where can your relationship go and that goes for long term relationships short-term relationships whatever not and it doesn't even have to be a you know a, a marriage or a, a boyfriend girlfriend situation this could be for families friendships all, all sorts whatever kind children of mm. yeah mm-hmm. just, just anything really it, communication is so so important um an awareness and an ability to shut up, you know, and listen. That's really important as well because mm. everyone's got something to say. Um, it might not be what you want to hear. It might not be interesting. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you can tell a lot from people by what they talk about, what they say, and pick things up sort of help people a lot better just by listening that's all some people just need is you listen to and you can you don't need to make assumptions about 
unless there's red flags in which case heed them <laughs> yeah you might need but, to uh, <laughs> make assumptions but even when we're we're listening to somebody with uh, many of us still have um are making assumptions and you and I have talked about this before where nobody comes into a relationship especially when they get to our age nobody comes into the relationship without some sort of baggage talk what about you, our age. you don't you don't talk about a man's age or is that don't okay well we're <laughs> youthful let's put it that way <laughs> um but no matter who you are um when you get to this kind of age in life you come with baggage you come with experiences you come with um sometimes unhealed stuff unlooked at stuff um patterns, repeating lots pat- of yeah, patterns <laughs> exactly and those patterns uh, come with assumptions don't they and if you're not aware of your own patterns uh it's very likely that you go into the same relationship again expecting uh, a different outcome yeah. And yet you're making the same assumptions based on everything that you've known before. That's something and, you've talked about. And a then lot the about. worst thing about that is when you go into the same relations or go into relationships um, doing the same thing and then you're blaming the other person because they're reacting in a, in the same way everybody else has and you're going, oh, all men are wankers or all, all women are bitches, whatever, you know, people say. Um but sometimes it's you. <laughs> the horrible fact is sometimes it's you and you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And um, you don't want to believe that it's your fault as a person. I was speaking to a client today who was saying that they had um, shifted and changed their life circumstances quite a few times in the last few years and yet the same patterns were repeating and so they they eventually said right so the common denominator is me (laughs) you know and if the common denominator is me and I and I'm sick of this stuff keep happening then maybe I need to look at what I'm doing and how I'm contributing to this situation rather than assuming it's always the other person and expecting that just because I've changed situations that this person place or thing is going to be different. So I, I, in addition to that, I, I knew, um, I knew someone who would date the same kind of, um, man or they always look the same. They were always kind of dropouts, druggies, that kind of thing. And she was always moaning that she only met it, that all men seemed to be like this, all the ones that met her went out with her. And um, she went on dating sites and was trying to meet different people and didn't really like, she just seemed to have this focus on a particular type of man. Um, and eventually though, she actually dated someone who was completely different from the type of men she went out and he ended up being um, exactly what she needed. She was completely different to the kind of women he used to date and she ended up being exactly what he needed and well they're married now so (laughs) they did really well Um, but it just goes to show that if you do carry on doing the same things and you're assuming like you're saying for a different outcome I think it was Einstein or someone that Mm -hmm. is attributed with saying, doing the same thing. He's attributed to a lot, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Attributed (laughs) to saying, doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome is, uh, what is it? The definition of madness, yeah. Yeah, so you just can't carry on doing the same thing if you're having the same outcome all the time. You've got to change things, tweak things. Um. Don't make assumptions that this person's going to be different just because they they look slightly different or they're a different. That's it. Mm. Um, well, yeah. if you were a man, um, no, hang on, you are a man. 
since you're a man, <laughs> yeah. and uh, what would you say or what would you suggest to somebody who was um, working with assumptions for the first time? Because a lot of the stuff that you and I do are, um, are new types of behaviors, new types of things that we're doing together, aren't they? So um, if somebody's new to this, where would you say to start with creating assumptions oh, or clarification? I would say, I would say probably um, move out into the middle of nowhere in a hut somewhere and just live off the land. When you have to clarify what you meant <laughs> when you say working with assumptions for the first time. So you, you mean think... they're working with the assumptions or they're working with people who have assumptions or? I guess. I don't want to assume anything, you see, so. It, it's. <laughs> see what I you did know, there. I see. <laughs> well, I think what's inter- what I'm trying to get at is uh, these are new skills and for for me what i'm doing when i'm talking to you is the first thing i do is i i recognize that i'm in a heightened emotional state um i then recognize i need to pause and find a way to gain clarity of thought because when i'm in a heightened emotional state everything becomes wonky and i see it through a wonky lens right and then once I have calmed down, um, I then need to, uh, the way I go about it is I say to you, I ask you questions. I say, look, this has happened. I'm making up a story um, and I need to clarify with you. Uh, can I ask you some questions? And more often than not, if not always, you say yes, absolutely. And I just ask you questions and then you clarify. But that's my perspective. So. I was just wondering what you do and how you go about it or what you, if you have a process that um, so you, you I, become aware of. Yeah. So what you just said is exactly what I would say to someone who um, is trying to change patterns. You know, you, you've got to be aware of what state you're in. So if you are, like you said, if you're in a heightened state or, or even a massively depressed state or anything like that, then you're not going to think properly. Um, you might not even ask the right questions. Make You, you might project, all that sort of stuff. Um, so whether you're male or female, if you're in a heightened state, you've got to come down from that and just process things. Because the other thing as well... Um, when you've got a lot of adrenaline going through you, your brain restricts the amount of information it can process and it can take in uh, much more than we normally do um, on, a, on a day-to-day average time, you know. Uh, so, so when you've got a ton of adrenaline, you go into a tunnel tunnel vision that that's all you can do you can only cope with what's in front of you um so you can't process anywhere near as well as you can and that's why people with a lot of anxiety um can struggle to concentrate struggle to stick with one thing they've got so much going on so they might feel like they're being productive but sometimes getting out of that anxious state is the best way to be more productive taking time um i'm kind of going off off on a tangent now so from possibly a man's point of view or anyone who is being asked questions once you get to the point where you've you're trying to process what you want to ask what questions what assumptions you've made and you've got to question that from the point of view of the other person being asked the questions they cannot turn around and go oh don't be silly or any say anything like that um and men probably do this more than women do uh from my experience not that i'm making this assumption everybody (laughs) (laughs) word of the day assumption (laughs) 
But from my experience, a man, because he doesn't want to be in a heightened state, he doesn't want to get to that point where he's getting frustrated, angry, or any of the other sort of things, sad, having to deal with emotions. Um, he's going to sort of try and just fob it off and just say, uh, you've got it wrong, but not really do any, any explain, explanations or, you know, calm down, you're hysterical, all these kind of things. But the best thing a person who's being asked these questions can do is just listen, if nothing else, even if you're not going to answer these questions at the time, just at least listen and take in what the other person is saying. Have a think about it. You know, if you if you have to say, I need to go away and think about it or whatever. Take some time to go and think about it. Conversation about it later. Because these sort of questions can sometimes be triggering to the other person as well. Um, especially if they are avoided. Because then in their head, they're going, I'm getting asked these questions. What if I say the wrong thing? It's going to trigger them again. Oh, it's going to make them worse. They're going to hate me. Or we're going to get into an argument. And I don't want to get into an argument. So again, it's... You've both got to decide that it's okay to listen. It's okay to not take offence at what the other person's going to say because what they're going to say is coming from their experience and they might not know anything else, know any other way of communicating something. And communication is a massively big learning curve for some people. It's... It, it, it's like anything, it's practice. You've got to practice these things. Um, just because we can talk doesn't mean great communicators. Just because, because we've got ears doesn't mean great at listening. So it, it's practicing, it's just taking time to step back, pause, and have a think, have a listen, um, and just understand, just be aware of how you react to things. And if if you react in a certain way, things happen. The reaction to your reaction, things happen the same way every time. You've got to change the way you react. What I know about um, in terms of communication with you specifically um, is, I mean, you are a very calm person and you... Um, you are always available to communication and connection with me. Um, uh, but the thing that I do is I make sure that I come to our conversations as regulate, emotionally regulated as I can be. So I might still be upset, but I'm not triggered out of my tree. I've learned to, uh, because I want the best outcome for our conversation, and I know if I come with a whole heap of emotion, it's almost like wading through treacle before we can get to the bit that actually is what we're trying to talk about. And so my commitment as a, an emotional being, as a woman, maybe those are mutually exclusive, but in my head they seem to go together. My commitment to our relationship is to learn to regulate myself before I come in to talk to you about it. Um, and what I then know is that when I do present that to you, when I do come to you and talk to you, you are always there to listen and you always um, are open and ready to have these conversations. And it's those two things to me, I think, are so utterly invaluable for us to understand each other and to move through difficult conversations full of assumptions and expectations because we're both um, practicing a level of self-awareness and self-responsibility before we even get to talk to each other would you agree yeah yeah I mean that's all you can do really isn't it you've got to keep practicing these things mm -hmm. uh, otherwise what's the point <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I guess the last thing, and we talked about because we, we interviewed somebody over the weekend and uh, for a podcast about men and their emotions, um, which will be dropping soon. Um, but the one thing that you and I have talked about most about since that conversation is about um, leaning in. Can you describe a little bit about what he said about that and how that, how that, um, how you've used that or how you've thought about that? Yeah, so what you do is you use your muscles, core muscles, just kind of <laughs> lean forward a bit. Um, so he, he was, uh, it, it's something I, I kind of do anyway, but it was good the way he described it. Um, and he was talking about when he's, so he was an avoidant, always an avoidant as well. I think that's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He used to run away a lot. Um, so with his wife, he's married, yep. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he used to sort of want to run away, want to lean back when something, someone was talking at him, shouting at him and, or bringing or, up something that might trigger him. Or any big um, emotion from her yeah, at all, wasn't trigger it? Trigger him so he gets mm. emotions and things like that. Um, and so he became conscious of that was a thing that he did and decided that he was going to lean in. Rather than lean away, he was going to change his physicality um, so that it changed his uh, the way his brain was working well so he wasn't trying to run away anymore he was leaning in um and i'll think of the word now but um you know being present rather than thinking about where he needed to be or what wanted to be which wasn't where he was <laughs> he wanted mm. to be somewhere else so that you can then activate your ears activate your brain and really listen to what's going on and he was saying, wasn't he, that it wasn't that by leaning in didn't make it easier. In fact, it probably made his feelings and emotions more challenging. But what it did was offer an opportunity for deeper connection because she then felt like he wasn't withdrawing and pulling away. And he was saying to himself, oh, I'm actually showing up here and I'm showing up for my missus. Um, and I'm going to rumble with what comes up for me because this is where the growth happens. This is yeah. where we get to evolve as a couple. Yeah. And part of it was that when he pulled away, then she'd be going, Oh, what's going on here? He doesn't love me anymore. Or, or there'd be something, you know, she was making assumptions and then it can turn into a big problem, a big spiral downwards. It's like um, a so cat and mouse by, chase, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so just by changing one thing and practicing changing that one thing, being aware that you've got this thing that you do, um, and usually if you do it, perhaps something bad happens, then you you can change that one thing, just concentrate on that until it's become natural to not do it. You know, you've got a different thing working better. Um, yeah, because it, I, I mean, he was saying that when he started leaning in, it calmed her down because she knew he wasn't running away. There was there was no fear there, which meant they could communicate better. Uh, I think what, what did we do on Sunday? I, I sort of said to you as well, didn't I? Because we were talking about something, and I leant forward because I thought, well, it's a it good was on Saturday. It was on Saturday night and I'd gone Saturday to bed night. and I was upset about something. It was an emotional weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was upset about something and you came to bed and I was lying there fuming and basically like a, a, a stone. And, <laughs> and uh, you got into bed and instead of just feeling the what an energy emanating off of me and then turning over and rolling away you reached you lent in and reached out and you you know you put your hand on me and that was 
you know, it was actually quite a brave move, really, because mm. in that moment you're rumbling with rejection, rejection. or possibly a rejection, and I'm, or, or you know, just such a you might not describe it this way but I think it's quite a vulnerable place to be to put yourself in that um situation that feels uncomfortable because of the possible rejection and yet what actually happened was it helped me to dissipate so much and then we were able to talk about it and move through it really really quickly weren't we like I know uh, and from my perspective, I was also very aware that I could have festered in that situation and I chose not to. So it was both of us cho- making different choices that yeah, led what we to... Would, would have done or have done before, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you were just angry with me because I was five minutes late to bed. <laughs> my God, the wrath. <laughs> Benjamin. Is that yeah. true? Okay, six minutes then. <laughs> no, it, it was. Um, uh, what was I doing? I, I so I was up watching, um, watching a couple of. I was finishing off watching a series actually. And, it wasn't. Uh, I think it you, wasn't because I'd been on. I'd been on call out all day, and you'd come round with me and stuff. And mm. I was still really awake, like I usually mm-hmm. am after call out. And you were knackered because it was past your bedtime. Um, and we said, uh, I'll stay up and watch a bit of telly. Mm-hmm. Or not telly. Yeah. I've got a telly, but watch a bit of Netflix. Um, and I think I was, what was it, about half one or something. Mm. Got up to see why I wasn't in bed yet. Mm. But that wasn't why I was upset. Like, uh, why I was upset was because I was, the situation of me going to, uh, this is me being shit, I don't yeah. know, being very but, vulnerable here, but. Um, yeah, but it was a situation, past, essentially it was a past trauma for you. Yeah, for you um, staying up triggered and, a very old wound. Yeah. And it activated it at so, half So it wasn't really. <laughs> It, it wasn't anything I, I'd done. It was just a, a thing that you were having a problem mm-hmm. with. That I Again, I didn't understand. I didn't think about it or whatever. We talked mm-hmm. about it and we came to an agreement that you were yeah. wrong. I was right. <laughs> no, we came to an agreement. That, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'll get <laughs> me caught. <laughs> um, we came to an agreement that I would... You know, if I needed wind down, t- wind down time, um, I'd watch something for about an hour and go to bed. Mm-hmm. I still needed more wind down time. Mm. Wind down in bed, read a book or something. It was all very um, easeful after we'd got over that hump, wasn't it? It was like we both genuinely wanted to come to a a harmonious solution rather than fester in yeah um yeah in just martyrdom bitterness resentment (laughs) the holy trinity of connection oh no wait that's not true (laughs) that that's the thing where can you go if you're festering something Mm. what 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 route can you go down other than Mm. a bad so you've got to get out somehow. Yeah. Whether it's coming to an agreement or being okay with what the other person's doing, that's mm-hmm. you know triggering whatever. There's got to be something that's that gives because if you fester um, and build resentment, things like that, the it, your relationship just can't survive. It's, it's going to degrade and rot yeah and on that delightful end <laughs> yes <laughs> um i think if there was one thing i would say to people when they're 
thinking about their improving their connection in their relationship it would be keep asking yourself and both of you do it right both of you need to ask yourselves the question what story am I telling myself about this situation what assumption am I making and then go in for the clarification ask open-ended questions um, that are designed for you to understand the other so the other person feels understood and that you can feel understood too is there anything else you'd add yeah if i was going to say um if there's anything that i think would be useful for people it would be to come on one of our course communication workshops well yes i mean (laughs) it's true and that we've got one uh at the beginning of march so uh Yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes. Good plug. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but they are useful, and everyone who's been on them so far um, has really enjoyed them and taken something away. I think, so. you know, uh, I not just find it useful, I think they found it really beneficial and super supportive in creating more connection, depth, intimacy, and harmony, right? Yeah. Benjamin, Ben, you are wonderful and I love you and thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. Dawn, you are also (laughs) wonderful and I, I know things that people don't know about the situation you're in at the minute and I'm, I'm glad that you made it through, um, with, you know, everything intact and stuff <laughs> and I love that is you so too. cryptic <laughs> it is isn't it you know what it's like being next to a 10 year old boy 10 year old boy yes. he's been eating brussels yes it's oh it's an adventure <laughs> anyway thank you love you <laughs> next see you next time yes Bye-bye.